Hi, mamas. This is Natalie again. So October is the month for pregnancy and infant loss awareness. I had no idea that October was a month to acknowledge and talk about this experience until it happened to a very, very, very close and important person in my life. So I thought it would be appropriate to have this conversation today before the month ends and um, feel so privileged that this person was ready and willing to be open. So this is just a little trigger warning that the content in this episode might be emotionally challenging. We will discuss um, details of a miscarriage, but we will do our best to make this conversation a a space where we can engage bravely, empathetically, and thoughtfully with difficult content. So just letting you know, bear with us if you are going through a similar situation and maybe it's not the time for you to listen to it. I will recommend that you just listen to any of our other episodes. So without further ado, I will let the show begin. Welcome to Hola Mama Podcast. This is Natalie. And this is Christina. And we're just two friends sharing the weirdness and wonder that comes with everyday mamahood. Hoping to encourage our multicultural mamas as we navigate and raise our little ones between our two worlds, one bilingual conversation at a time. So while you clean up those big messes or fold those tiny little clothes, turn up the volume and join us as we talk all things mamahood. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Hola Mama podcast. Today I am super, super excited because I have my favorite person in the world with me today, my sister, Eunice. Hola mamas. Eunice, how are you doing? Good. This week I worked on developing my raspy, sexy voice just for your podcast. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I need that because I feel like my voice is so high-pitched. No, honestly, I really do. I'm like, how are people listening to this podcast? I think you were born to do this. <laughs> like, you have the most clear, your questions, your voice. It was like meant for podcasting or radio, I promise you. Seriously, this is what sisters are made for. <laughs> <laughs> this right here is a perfect example for that. So I already know that you are such an amazing person. The coolest, raddest, best big sister in the world. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) Why don't you tell other mamas a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Eunice Peña. Oh, Demora. We're not Peña anymore. Last name, (laughs) my goodness. Okay. I am 32 years old or young. Um, I live in San Leandro, California in the Bay Area, about 20 minutes from San Francisco. I live with my husband out there. Um, we got married about three years ago. Um, his name is Adriano de Mora. He's a tall, dark, and handsome Brazilian man. <laughs> you really did get the oh, tall, yes, dark, yes, and handsome guy. Yes, huh? Lord. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, so, uh, we met in Indiana, got married. Well, this is really neat. We got married, um, four or five months after meeting. That is crazy. <laughs> we started dating out like a month after meeting. I do remember sitting in the parking lot, getting your phone call and saying, Natalie, I met the guy I'm getting married with. And, and I just started laughing. I like, thought- Eunice, snap out of it. I remember. <laughs> but here we are three years later. Um, before getting married, I was an English teacher in Taiwan. I did that for five years. And, oh man, I just, it was five of the most beautiful years of my life serving the people in Taiwan and Jean Men, and, um, which you got to go yeah, once. Yeah, it was right? beautiful. Oh my gosh, it was just amazing. Um, and uh, currently I'm working as a paraeducator. I work with special needs kids. It's just, I love my job. I love going every day. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Well, I feel like there's so, so, so much more to you, but we've got such an important conversation to have today, and 
I just kind of want to dive into it. Just let's do it. Let's just get into it. So there are many, many layers to motherhood. I feel like it's a weave of good parts mixed with very hard, difficult experiences that we don't really talk about either. Um, Good and bad, they both go hand in hand. Um, But one side is always hushed away and, and just not talked about. So I have invited my sister today so that she can share some of her experiences as her journey to motherhood has begun. Um, And part of her experience is miscarriage. Women have had miscarriages since, since we've been giving birth. And yet most women go through this alone. I mean, even our medical providers tell us to, to keep our news hush, hush till we're out of the woods. Yeah. You know, what does that even mean? We're out of the woods. Exactly. As long as you're pregnant, anything can happen. Even yeah. after you give birth. I mean, loss happens at any moment, but there's that first three months or trimester where we're told, you know, don't tell anybody. And, and you know what I think it is? I feel like they don't want us to tell anybody because dealing with what other people's reactions is going to be harder than the actual miscarriage, which I'm pretty sure, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll it's talk just about so it. It's so taboo. Like it's just something that people don't want to talk about or deal with, or they just don't know how to respond or help the mom that goes through it. It's such an interesting topic. And I, first of all, want to thank you for being courageous and accepting my invitation to just talk about it and share it with with this community. So why don't we start with, tell us about your journey um, to motherhood. How how did it begin? Well, um, it started when Adriano and I got married three years ago. And um, we, well, when we saw how fast you and Celine got pregnant, we thought for sure (laughs) we are going to have our baby within the the first year of our marriage. That's kind of embarrassing. Exactly. <laughs> Natalie and her honeymoon baby. You keep denying that, but... <laughs> it wasn't a honeymoon baby yet. <laughs> well, we thought, um, well, typically couples get married and they get pregnant right away. And so we kind of expected that for us. Um, but nothing happened the first year. And I wasn't... Oh, we weren't overly concerned um, we were taking care of ourselves naturally, so we just thought we were doing such a great job. Um, when the second year rolled around and we were intentionally trying to get pe- uh, pregnant, because, I mean, Camille, she's so precious and she inspired <laughs> us. Um, no, uh, we, we intentionally started praying for children on our second year of, of marriage, and we just were not successful and it was pretty painful every year when or every month sorry when I thought oh I'm pregnant you know I have been my period is a two three days late it's not happening oh so I would rush to the store and buy a pregnancy test and um and it was always a negative and it just made me feel so awful for the rest of the the day of the week and I know whenever I would call you yeah you had a certain tone in your voice yeah and I knew <laughs> oh she got her period yes because I um Adriana and I were at this point not taking care of ourselves we were just ready to dive in into being parents and starting our own little family and it wasn't happening so it was um very disappointing and it seems like with a lot of moms that go through infertility, mm-hmm. that they become obsessed with it. Oh, yeah. And we went into um, baby mode. Like, we just were thinking about it all the time. And by this point, my questions were like, well, what's wrong with us? Is it me? Is it Adriano? What is exactly the problem? And um, that's when I started going to the doctor and doing tests and... What was confusing was all the doctors were telling me I was fine. Everything was fine. 
There's... Luego las sobadoras. Las sobadoras made it worse. Se te cayó la matriz. Cada vez que iba me decía, ay, pues, ¿cómo quieres salir embarazada si tienes la matriz acá abajo? Doblada, <ríe> volteada. Exactly. Oh, my God. So, yeah. um, me acomodaban la matriz. Para me decían que tomara tecitos, que no caminara descalza que me cuidara del, del la matriz. Que no cargues nada pesado. Ajá, que pasara un mes sin cargar las cosas pesadas porque des, después del masaje para salir embarazada. But I work as a paraeducator. There's no way that I can just sit and watch kids all day. Yeah. I couldn't take it. It's just, I couldn't. It was part of my job. So um, that was the, the process of us of what we were doing to to get pregnant yeah so tell us about your your surprise and how exciting that was when was it you called me in december i remember that and you facetimed me i think that's how you yes. that's how you told us yes. how did you guys find out you were pregnant and how did you tell adriano how did you tell the whole family and then What did you feel when you finally realized that you were going to be a mom? Well, I when I found out, it happened because I got sick. I just felt my stomach hurt a little bit. My I had the flu, and um, we were at a church service, and my aunt, um, my auntie goes to church with us, and she said, "Well, have you taken a pregnancy test?" I'm like, no, no quiero, tía, porque cada vez que me hago un examen y, y sale negativo, me deprimo y ya decidí no comprar de este examen. No quiero preocuparme, no quiero estresarme, no quiero pensar en eso. Dijo, pues ándale pues, muchacha, pues tómate un tecito. Ya me dio, me echó el cuento, ¿no? Entonces, um, on my way from work, I, I don't know, the, the, your, your ladies do this, but... I stopped at the 99 cent store. It's always <laughs> the dollar store. For the pregnancy <laughs> test. It wasn't even the fancy ones. I bought two pregnancy tests and I honestly was prepared for the negative, um, te like result. That honestly, that was, I wasn't even thinking for a minute that it was going to be positive. So I went home and um, I didn't, since two people had already told me to take the pregnancy test, I felt like, well, if I am pregnant, I don't want to be carrying kids and I want to make sure I take care of myself. And I took the pregnancy test and it came out positive. Oh my God, I bet. And I ripped the second one and I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. I went into like shock, I think. I opened the second one. I took it again. It was positive, and my heart was beating so fast. I started crying. Yeah, like, yeah it's such a moment. It was like a shock. Like what? Oh my god! I'm gonna be a mom. I have a baby inside me. I cannot believe this is happening. And you know, I had two years of. Um, Instagram post or Facebook post on ideas of how to surprise your husband. <laughs> Don't we all? And That's exactly. <laughs> I had all sorts of ways that I was going to tell my husband that I was pregnant and it was going to be cute. And I just couldn't imagine it all. Like it was going to be amazing. Nope. None of that happened. As soon as I found out, I called him at work. <laughs> and like the minute I found out, I called him and I was crying And he picks up, and I immediately want to FaceTime, but he's at work, and he's like, ¿Qué quieres? Estoy ocupado. And I was like, no, contesta, contesta. I have to tell you something. Y ya me contestó el video y me vio llorando, y me dijo, ¿Qué, qué pasó? Y ya le di, y le enseñé el, el pregnancy test. Yeah. And his face, and his jaw dropped. That's like, awesome. he was so in shock. He went to his car. And um, he started crying too. By this, by this time, how long have you guys been trying? Oh, it was um, we we turned three years of marriage this year, so we had been trying for two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he was in shock as well. He was so excited. He was crying, and um, he came home right away. 
he came home and we hugged and we had like our like our moment and um and then when the emotion went down he was like reality hit he's like how am i gonna feed these babies how am i gonna (laughs) we don't even have their college fund and he's like way ahead of himself but um that's how we found out i told him right away none of my little pinterest ideas were implemented i just (laughs) called him and also i called i think the first person that i told Actually, I don't know if you know this, but Andrew was actually the first one that found out. Yeah, I do know that. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, Andrew called me and I was, because just so you know, we bought the two 99 cents pregnancy test and then he got home and we thought, no, let's go buy the expensive pregnancy test right, because they're maybe the 99 cents. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so we paid two of the expensive pregnancy tests at the store. Again, positive, positive. And then I still didn't believe it. Oh, you don't? No, I went to make an appointment with a doctor mm-hmm. to see, like, a doctor. We can't, they can't lie. So went to the doctor, and they like, you're pregnant. And then they tell me I was nine weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. Nine. Did you not get your period within those nine weeks? No. And you know what? Let me tell you why I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it because... Um, my husband, I had not met my family from Brazil, my husband's family, and we were planning a trip to Brazil in December is the day we were gonna leave on the 20 something. And um, the month of October, I was really busy with work and getting our visa and buying presents just so enwrapped in that. Mm -hmm. And in November, same thing, November, um, just, you know, visa stuff and um, I didn't notice that I didn't get my period. So that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, it made sense. I explained it to the doctor and I was supposed to be nine weeks pregnant. Um, so yeah, that's how we found out. How was your first, uh, checkup with the doctor? It was very strange. <laughs> I couldn't believe that I was there because I was pregnant. It was like surreal, I was like, here we go, mama journey. This is this is like a dream come true. I was so excited. But yeah, it was very um I I couldn't believe that I was nine weeks pregnant, first of all. Like how can a person be pregnant for two months and not know? And it's crazy because you I bet in your mind you went back nine weeks. Like what did I eat? Exactly. What did I do? Did I jump? Did no, I run? No, did I... sabes qué? Cuántos Cheetos me comí? Exactly. <laughs> no, y luego la bolsa de taquis que me comí. Dije taquis, comí, o sea, muchas muchas cosas que dije, no, y lo cargué niños y yo soy bien tosca tú ya sabes que yo no soy like like you tú eres bien cuidadosa bien aquí no yo soy tosca entonces yo estaba like oh my god desde el principio me entró como una como miedo como una ansiedad de oh my god ya empecé mal porque son dos meses y yo no sabía no me está cuidando por dos meses mm-hmm. sometimes that's the best though because you don't have the anxiety and the stress. Uh, when, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, something changes. You know, you start you start you. thinking like, oh my God, what did I do? Or, ¿se te mueven las tripas? And, oh, is that the baby? Is it something, is there something wrong? Exactly. And, you know, I went through that too. And, and both the kids, I mean, I never it's had funny. any issues when I was pregnant. I had very smooth pregnancies. Also, but you? everything was like a question mark. Is this wrong? Is this, yeah, exactly. did I what? Did Celine take care of you so much so like you couldn't even pick up a dish from the sink um it was more like he brought me all these extra foods that I definitely did not crave but he did and he was taking care of me that way Adriano was like no no tú no te muevas yo voy a barrer y trapear no, 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 tú no te muevas, yo voy a limpiar la cocina. And I was oh. like, oh, yes, this is amazing. Ya empezamos bien. I love being pregnant. Okay, so no, I I wasn't like that with something, but he did tell me like, hey, you know, use your pregnancy to not do things. <laughs> we got out of a ticket. Oh, really? Once. Yeah, I, I won't share that story. <laughs> we got out of a ticket. He was rushing, and I had a fake, like, I needed a pee or oh my God. something. And the <laughs> policeman saw me, my big, you know, eight-month bump. And he's like, okay, take your wife to the house. <laughs> anyway, so 
Absolutely. Oh man, I bet it was just it was just so exciting for you. I remember mom and I would talk and be like, "Can you believe the news? Yeah. Eunice is pregnant. Eunice and Adriano were, you know, finally after two years they've been trying exactly. and 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 then you felt like it was such a god thing, right? Because somebody somebody told you you were going to get pregnant before you were pregnant. Actually, yes. Um that year specifically, um, every time I went to a service and somebody was like, can I pray for you? They would always ask. I would always say, yeah, of course. And how can we pray for you? I would always say, um, not so much that we would get pregnant, but more like, why aren't we getting pregnant? If there's something wrong with us, for God to show us, reveal it, you know, why? What's wrong? How can we fix this problem? So that year, um, a lot of people prayed for me. They would put their hand on my tummy and would start praying for me. I went to a camp in August of last year, and the whole church prayed for me. They raised their arms and they, you know, Mm -hmm. prayed for us. I had like four people that were intentionally praying for us. And even one lady predicted or she prophesied that um, I was going to have twins. That's insane. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we had a lot of people praying for us. My dad, my mom. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that I was pregnant, my immediate response was, of course, because we all prayed. And this child has been waited. We've been waiting for this to happen for so long. So many people have prayed this is definitely an answer to our prayers. So my heart felt safe in that sense, mm-hmm. that that God had sent this as a direct answer to our prayers. So, yeah. so I guess this is where there's a plot twist in in your story and, you know, things turn out a different way. Um, when did you first notice like something, something was different? Actually, I didn't. That was the part that was, um, for me, was very tragic. And I kind of lost the confidence that I had in my body because um, I didn't have any signs of a miscarriage. I had a missed miscarriage is what they call it. So no bleeding, no pain, no headaches, no fevers, literally nothing that would indicate that my pregnancy was over. Can you share your miscarriage experience with us? How far along were you? What happened? Oh, of course, yes. So in December, we found out the first week of December that we were pregnant. We went to our first um, appointment, ultrasound appointment, the second week of December and because the first doctor that told me I was pregnant told me I was nine weeks, it was okay for us to do the the ultrasound. Um that ultrasound indicated that actually I wasn't nine weeks, I was only six weeks. Mm. That I was a little disappointed because I thought, yay, I marked off the two first two months of this pregnancy without a problem. How great. But actually I was only six weeks the first week of December and um we right away started changing our diet and doing more exercises, you know. But we were also cleared on going to our trip to Brazil. We took this trip on the fourth week of December for Christmas and New Year's, and we were out there for a month. So, of course, um, we I went to the doctor like three days before our trip, and everything was normal. Everything was fine. I do have to say, the first appointment when I saw the ultrasound, I saw two sacs. I didn't see one. And I asked the doctor, are those twins? Are those two um, two sacs? And he's like, well, right now we only see one heartbeat. We'll just wait until your next appointment to, to verify if they're twins or not. So I knew from the beginning they were twins. So um, we were cleared to go on our trip, and um, we we took the journey down to Brazil. We were there for a month, and the whole month, I was taking care of myself ultra well. Like, 
we were drinking lots of water, exercising. I was just just taking care of myself the month that I was there. So when we got back from Brazil on the second week of January, um, on a Saturday, I was talking to you actually. I and yeah. yeah. And um I bled a little bit, just a tiny bit. It wasn't a lot. It was a tiny bit and I freaked out. Adriano freaked out. And you told us on the phone, it's okay, don't freak out. It's normal. A lot of moms go through it. Yeah. But spotting a lot of moms right. have that during the whole pregnancy actually. Right. And I I actually Man, miscarriage was furthest from my mind when I saw the blood. I honestly did not think loss. I thought, I don't know, implanting. I don't know what I was thinking. I just didn't freak out. I didn't get scared. I thought it was going to be something small. Again, it goes back to God answered your our prayer. prayers. It's your miracle baby. It's our miracle baby. So um, our appointment was on Tuesday. Adriano went to work. And um, so from Saturday to Tuesday, I suspended like just overthinking the anxiety. Oh, yeah. I was not allowed to get out of my bed per Adriano's request. <laughs> I was laying down all four days just thinking, I hope everything's okay. And um, And so on Tuesday, when I went into my appointment... The doctor was doing the ultrasound and he was awfully quiet, just doing the ultrasound. And I asked him, you have bad news for me, don't you? And he turned around and he said, I have bad news and I have good news. So because he said good news, I didn't really, mm -hmm. I just couldn't have, um, no podía haber adivinado que me iba a decir, es una pérdida porque dijo good news. But his good news was, um, he said, I have bad news and good news. The bad news is you did lose your pregnancy. The good news is we know why. So in that moment, and then right after that, he said, and also it was a twin pregnancy. So I miscarried two babies. So in that moment, of course, I gathered my emotions because I I didn't start crying right away. It was just kind of like a shock, like, okay. I went on like survival mode, kind of, kind of like, okay, let me just process what he just said. And of course I said, oh no, don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. And it just, I just didn't really get what he was saying. He left the room, gave me space. And were you alone? I was alone. Yeah. Adriano was at work. And the two people that came to mind um, in that moment, because I didn't even think about me in that moment. In that moment, I thought, my husband, what he's going to feel when he finds out. Because he was so excited with the pregnancy and he had taken care of me so well. I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to? tell Adriano and then two one of my friends um got pregnant the same week as I did so when we told each other we were pregnant we planned our baby showers together and we planned um like the play dates and we you know we planned all this stuff so I thought oh my god my friend and Adriano I just thought of those two people in my state of shock I was so concerned about them and consumed. How am I going to tell them? How am I going to tell them? How are they going to react? And I called my pastor's wife. She came to pick me up at the hospital and she drove me home. She was with me. And um, the way Adriano found out was he called me and he said, Babe, did you get out of your appointment? And I said, yeah, but when you come home, I'll talk to you about it. And he's like, no, 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 dime ahorita. ¿Qué pasó? And I was like, like Adriano, he right, he had a feeling. I was like, Adriano, te, te cuento después, ahorita no. Um, te cuento después. Uh, he's like, no, dime ahorita, los perdiste, ¿verdad? And I, I just like, sí, mi amor, el bebé lo, no tenemos bebé, y eran dos, eran gemelos. So, of course, he, 
he got really quiet and he said, okay, are you home alone? No, I'm with my auntie. I'm with my pastor's wife. And he's like, okay, I'll be there as soon as I can. And he didn't come home until seven that night. I think he had to, I, what I imagine he did was went somewhere, gathered his thoughts and he wanted to be brave for me from day one. He wanted to be strong and so he probably went somewhere and let it out. Yeah. Somewhere. yeah, I think that's what happened. But when he got home, we cried. We were together. We prayed. We were both in shock. And of course, our job wasn't over there. It didn't just end when he when the doctor told me that I lost my pregnancy. Now I had to face that what for me was the hardest part, which was getting the babies out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it naturally because I had heard so many stories of women who do the DNC when they do it in the hospital. And so my desire was to be able to um, do it naturally at home and maybe get to see them. Mm, you wanted. You I wanted did. To see. I wanted to see them and hold them in my hand. I just wanted to have that moment with with um my babies my twin babies which by the way I I forgot to mention when the first doctor told me I lost my babies I kind of went in denial his clinic was kind of like very 80s and 70s so I thought his ultrasound is so old I probably should go with someone more modern modern technology um which was a a gift actually because um this doctor that I went to, she was a woman, and she had gone through miscarriage herself. Mm-hmm. So what happened, that whole process of, of um, going through miscar- miscarriages, I got to see other women in a different light. Suddenly, I saw mothers walking all over surrounding me that had angel babies. Mm-hmm. And... I realized it's such a common thing. My doctor had a miscarriage. The lady that uh, drew blood had a miscarriage. Suddenly, all these people were like, oh, I had a miscarriage too, like a year ago or last week or a month ago. You know, it's such a common thing. Um, When she was doing the ultrasound, I got to see my babies. I got to see their little hands were formed, their little eyes. Everything was formed. Um, when I went to see the doctor, I thought that I was 14 weeks, 15 weeks, which was out of the, was you're already done with the first trimester, mm-hmm. right? And so I assumed that I was going to go see the gender of my baby, my 14, 15 week old baby. So the original appointment was to go find out the gender and that's when they told you the babies were dead? Exactly. Oh. And so that was the news that I got instead of um, what the gender of my baby was. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought they were 15 weeks by then. Mm-hmm. But actually, I found out that the babies died two days before my trip in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So for a whole month, the whole time that I was in Brazil, I was carrying with me deceased twin babies and the whole thing the whole time that I was overly cautious I was taking my care of myself so well they were not even there with us anymore they were there so comfy they just didn't have a heartbeat they were gone for a month for a whole month so that was really hard news um to process it was just really confusing because I thought why didn't my body tell me why and on the contrary my body was growing like as if I was pregnant so all the the hormones that the pregnancy hormones were still there and um, my my boobs were still growing my belly was growing you know I was craving certain things so All the signs of pregnancy were there. Mm -hmm. And all the signs for a miscarriage were not. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't have guessed 
that my first appointment was going, my second appointment was going to go in that direction. Isn't that crazy? Because a lot of moms go through miscarriages and they're usually like a shock because they happen so fast. They start bleeding and then the babies come. Yeah. And then in less than a week, all of a sudden there's such an emptiness because there's no, there isn't any babies anymore. But you, you were carrying around deceased babies. You weren't, you weren't empty yet. Like they were still in you. So it was, it's, I don't know, do you feel like that was more of a torture than if you would have just miscarried them right away? I wish I would have miscarried right away. I wish I would have, it would have gone that way because then that whole, because I felt silly. I felt like all the like, excitement that I had that whole month of like, oh yeah, is it going to be a girl? Is it going to be a boy? And uh, planning and all that. I would have avoided all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't you guys travel to Brazil to give the announcement? Well, it was to meet his family, but mm-hmm. um, we... Aprovecharon para anunciarles Oh, también, sí. Yeah. Hicimos un photo shoot, de hecho. Mm-hmm. Hicimos un photo shoot with our um, lovely photographer friend, Jocelyn. She took our baby pictures, our baby announcement pictures, and our plan was to... Print those out, have them in, you know, frame them and give them as a surprise to his parents and all that. We were just telling everyone about it. It it was exciting time for us. We we finally had the news we had been working so hard for, you know, the past two years. Mm-hmm. So um, and so looking back and seeing that the pictures of me telling people the videos of telling his parents, it just it's not the same anymore because I think, oh, how silly. They were already gone. Mm. They weren't, they weren't even like, their heart wasn't even beating. Mm-hmm. Do you regret telling people that you were pregnant and announcing it? The truth? No. I don't because I don't even know how to answer that question. I just didn't regret it. I don't think I could have waited until I knew they were safe. I do feel bad that we took people on a roller coaster ride, but at the same time, had I not told them that I was pregnant, I would not have had the support that I did have. Right. Yeah. So, so what what happened? What at what week then were you able to take the babies out or so my mom flew out to be with me and you and Celine drove out there. Mm-hmm. Um and I was surrounded by by family. I was I I felt like right away as soon as I found out that I had the miscarriage, I was surrounded by my family, my immediate family. And um I started taking bueno, ya sabes, en la cultura mexicana, tómate un té de ruda y se te van a venir. Las contracciones van a venir. Uh-huh. Los bebés. So, estaba tomando té de, ru- de ruda, estaba tomando aloe vera, estaba tomando all sorts of like Mexican uh-huh. um, teas and, and everything to, to start the process of miscarriage, to kind of provoke it, to start it. And nothing for two weeks and so by this point, it had already been a month and two weeks of um, carrying the babies with me without a heartbeat. So my doctor showed concern. He said, you know, you're in danger of getting an infection that could kill you. And so I suggest you think about the DNC. And I was like, no way. No, I don't want to do that. So we tried really hard for two weeks to... Um, to provoke I and you know I prayed for the pain mm-hmm. I wanted to to bleed I wanted to feel the pain because that meant that my babies came out naturally that my uterus was going to be protected in that way for my future babies you know and so I would pray to God please God please please let me go let me have a, a miscarriage naturally let me let me just feel, I, I want to feel the pain. I want to feel, I want to go through the motion so that I can miscarry naturally. And it just didn't happen. 
nothing. I felt nothing, which was another reason why I felt so kind of like upset with my body. Just because I felt like it lied to me for a month and two weeks. Mm -hmm. It was growing. It was showing signs of pregnancy. Yet it wasn't obeying me. It wasn't doing its job. It wasn't getting rid of um, those babies. It just wasn't doing its its job in that sense. And so I think there came a point where I was like, you know what? This is mental torture. Yeah. I don't you, want I to be going through this. You you waited for two weeks. I right? waited for two weeks to go through it naturally. I yeah, two weeks knowing that you're carrying, you know, knowing that the babies had already been gone for a month before. It wasn't even like two weeks that they died, and two weeks later I was praying for it. That was no, a month and two it weeks. was a month and two weeks. And so at that point, I think Audrey and I were like, you know what? I can't be going through this mental exhaustion of like waiting the waiting game Mm -hmm. was so bad so we scheduled to do the dnc so um the day of the dnc and (laughs) this whole time i was kind of like trying to put my brave face on i remember yeah i didn't want people to be overly stressed out for me I think I would cry with my mom only. Like she would, she was there. And then I remember praying one time and was like, we're praying for the miscarriage to happen. And then I just couldn't. I just started crying because I couldn't believe that I was praying for that, you know, praying for them to just come naturally. But I was putting my brave face on even the day of the DNC. I went in and I was like, you know, not like cracking jokes. It wasn't like I was intentionally trying to be like, oh, this is the best day of my life. No, not at all. I just didn't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. I um, was trying to be like, I guess that was my way of comforting Adriano, just kind of showing him, babe, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. So um, they, I was joking with the nurses. I was... um trying to just kind of be just have like an an easy an easy dnc appointment i guess um they did anesthesia and i knocked out um when i woke up i um went home about an hour later and i was at home and that was it i no longer was carrying my babies and you didn't you didn't see them at all, right? No, and yeah, I didn't get to hold them. I didn't get to see them. Just from one day to the next, I was suddenly no longer pregnant. I remember during your um, miscarriage experience, you were still obviously carrying the babies. And like you said, you were just so overly peppy and talkative and I didn't know how to read you I didn't know how to what to tell you how to comfort you or even if you needed comforting because you just seemed like you were totally okay so were you able to be present for your own grief because I feel like you were just trying to make everybody else feel good and comfortable around you or you were trying to comfort us instead of just being present for your own grief? Well, you know me. I'm a people pleaser. Um, I've always been one to listen to people when they have problems, to encourage them when they're going through hard times. But I, it's hard for me to receive so much attention when it comes to me I guess I don't know um in that moment I didn't want my family members to um be overly worried about me and so I felt like I wanted to carry on as if nothing had happened while you Celine my mom were there my aunties I just didn't want you guys to to feel like 
depressed, I guess. I didn't want you guys to feel concerned. And also, it was all new to me. I had not processed it. It was, I just was on survival mode. So when did your grief begin? My grief began when you and Celine drove away from my driveway. Mm -hmm. When we took my mom to the airport. And when Adriano went back to work. And that's it. Life went on for everybody. Everything just went back to normal. Like in November in the month's prayer. As if my pregnancy had not happened. As if everything was like done. Um, I was left alone in my room to process it. And I just could not believe that that had happened to me. That's when I started experiencing grief. Um, I went back to work and my first day was actually awful, awful because um, there was a sub and she asked me, so do you have any kids? A sub as in a sub teacher. Yeah, a sub teacher. So how many kids do you have? And it was like a reminder. Oh, I don't have any kids. And then I took my lunch and I was driving behind a car and the license plate said twins. Mm. So all these like little reminders of my emptiness, my loss. I no longer had my twins. I didn't have my children. I was alone. It was back to just me. It used to be me and a little human that I was growing inside me. Suddenly it was just me. Mm-hmm. So that's when my grief began, when I found myself alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that there was a lot of things that um, made it worse. I know like during that time, you found out that a lot of your friends, because you, you announced it on Instagram, on so social media, on yes, social media, and so now you also how to make another announcement. Oh, I did. And I'm sure that was really hard. So after you announced that and everybody knew, how how did other women, other moms respond to you? Because I will personally tell you, when we went to go see you, Caleb was just two months old. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking my mom, do you think it's a good idea to take Caleb? Yeah. Because I didn't know, like... He's a small little baby, and maybe that's going to remind her even more. Maybe that's going to make her... Maybe I should keep him away so that that doesn't hurt her. And, I, I, you know, women, I think we just don't know what to say because we don't say, I'm sorry, it just doesn't feel like enough. And then we have, like, our typical responses. You know, we have our, our typical answers, and it might not be intentional, but... Because we don't know how to treat moms that go through loss, mm-hmm. we we rather stay away from them. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that happened to you too. And that made you feel worse. I don't know. Tell us how how did the reactions of other moms specifically um, affect you, whether they were negative or positive ones? Well, before I answer that question, I have to say that you bringing Caleb and Camille around did not have that effect. I actually felt comfort when I was with them, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I loved holding him in my arms, Caleb, and um, it was a comfort to me to to be around him. But um, back to the question, I did receive the the response that I wasn't expecting, which was abandonment. At least that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Because suddenly everybody moved on from my grief. I received a lot of support. I did post it on social media because we posted our baby announcement and everybody was so happy for us. I had a lot of people send me messages. How's your pregnancy going? How's everything going? A lot of mamas just reached out um, with tips and how to take care of myself. So um now I had to make a another announcement, just kind of like a a way to, again, help other women not feel awkward when they send me messages on how's your baby doing, you know, like 
actually, I'm not pregnant anymore. So I had to make that announcement. It was good that you made the announcement. And yeah. I feel, I feel like this conversation is important because like there's a lot of moms like myself who have never experienced loss and we don't know how to deal with other moms that have. Mm -hmm. So what are like some of the things that were said to you that absolutely did not help? And yet, well, two things happened when I announced that we had a miscarriage, two things happened. Moms that had had a miscarriage mm -hmm. came out of the woodworks and told me, oh, I just went through one a month ago. Oh. I just went through one a week ago. This is what I went through. And this is what, what to expect. This is what helped me. So suddenly my eyes were open, like I said a little while ago, to women. And oh my God, the things that women go through, our bodies, what we go through, I just have a whole new respect for women, for mamas that go through miscarriage, who have angel babies and babies. Um, just my respect for women grew. But um, one of, I mean, some of the things that I would hear from moms that have never, or people, women, young people, just anybody that didn't know how to comfort me. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that I would hear Like, I'm going to give you some examples. Don't cry. You'll be okay. Oh, God. That one is... You have to cry. Exactly. Or have you tried IVF? Oh. And I would have rather people say, you know, I'm going to your house. I'm going to help you do this. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than just call me when you need me. I feel like a lot of people would say, well, maybe she needs her alone time. Oh, I you know, alone time, but alone time going through a miscarriage, like you already feel so lonely and empty, right? On the inside. And that's the worst thing you can do, I feel. Oh, my word. Yes, definitely. When when people were like, well, I'm going to give her her space. It was like the worst time to give me space because mm -hmm. I already felt empty. I didn't need space. Um, other things that they would tell me were like, oh, I know someone who had X amount of miscarriages. Now they have x amount of children mm -hmm. or at least now you know you can ha you can get pregnant oh i bet that, that was the worst mm -hmm. so i know that people don't know how to comfort you but there were a lot of things that just people didn't really help out and i think that also influenced my decision to keep my sadness to myself um a lot of friends just kept away They thought, I'm going to give her space to grieve. And so, you know, the weekly movie dates or the weekly dinner dates, they just stopped. They stopped hanging out. The invites. The invites. Stopped. Almost like like if your loss was contagious. Kind right? of like that, yeah. And um, I would, I would um, invite people, hey, do you want to go on a double date with my husband and I? And they're like, oh, no, sorry, I have something to do. And then, but, you know, it was just kind of like, maybe we were hormonal, maybe we were grieving, but we felt abandoned. Mm -hmm. We felt like people didn't know how to be around us or how to help us so to make themselves feel better. They just kind of steered clear. I think when we don't know what to say or how to comfort and respond, we do, we do stay away. You know, obviously you're my sister, so oh, no, I called you every day. Oh, yeah. I think I even like overstepped my boundaries with you. There is Not no boundaries with us, but I was oh. just like, Hey, you know, how are you doing today? Yeah. How's it going today? But if you were just a friend, then I think I would have the same thoughts. Like, Hey, maybe she needs her space or maybe, um, she wants to be alone uh or or i have kids i don't know if having my kids around her is going to hurt her at this time or it's going to make her even more sad at this time and i do have to say that every woman grieves differently, differently. everybody i mean there i'm pretty sure there are women out there that go through miscarriages and they do want to be alone and they do want you to keep your kids at home because they're not You know, they're reminding them of something they don't have or they just lost. Mm -hmm. But in my case, I wanted 
that um, I wanted to feel my tribe. And mm-hmm. okay, so you already kind of gave us examples of things not to say. What advice would you give a mom that has a friend going through a miscarriage? Like how how should we approach that person? Good question. Um, from my own experience, um, there's some things that stand out to me. Um, I would say, for example, um, don't be afraid to reach out to a mom that's grieving. You can ask simple things like if they're a Christian friend, you can ask, how can I pray for you? Um, that's always very comforting when you know that there are people that are keeping you a prayer, thinking of you. Um, you can send a note or a card. Um, for me, three of my friends send me my favorite. I love flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, they send me a bouquet of flowers and I remember just holding them in my arms and just feeling so loved and I didn't feel alone. Um, like another cousin brought me something so simple. She bought me an oversized sweater, oh. sweats, a thermometer, and some groceries. And like I wore the oversized sweater and the sweats for days. <laughs> like I wanted to live in them. Um, also, this one's really important. Just... Think of one or two things that you can do to help a grieving mom around the house, like offer to clean her house, do their laundry, to bring a meal or um, just something that you can like a, an errand that you can r- help them run. Um, that like goes a long way um, instead of like like asking, is there anything that I that you need, please call me. Instead of saying, call me, you should just say, hey, I'm coming over to help out. Tell me what you need me to do. Um, And this is such a small gesture, but it's very comforting. And especially for a mom that just went through the surgery and is going through pain. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, make yourself available to listen. I'm so thankful because you were always there to pick up my phone calls. So was mom. And um, people, uh, uh, some of my friends were also available to to listen to me vent in those just really low points of my life. Um, so yeah, listening and a warm hug go longer than anything that you would have to say to them. Yeah, that's true. Just a warm hug. I mean, there's nothing better. And then lastly, I would also say... Think of the dad. Piensen en el papá. Siempre nos enfocamos en, en la mamá y lo que ella está pasando, pero realmente también el papá, el esposo, los hijos están pasando por el mismo dolor, la misma confusión. You're so right. I didn't even think about that. But Adriano perdió la ilusión de ser papá. Las expectativas que tenía o los sueños que tenía uh, de cargar su, su bebé junto contigo, de tener familia junto contigo. Like, I didn't even think about that. That's, that's a good tip. Yeah. Y, y hacer cosas simples con ellos. Por ejemplo, una nota, una llamada, una invitación a tomar un cafecito, a cenar, o a irte a comer una nieve, desde lo que sea. It goes a long way for dads. And um, yo sé que Adriano estaba pasando por mucho y tenía muchas emociones encontradas en ese momento. Y, y me daba tristeza que, que desde yo era la única que, que platicaba con él acerca de esas cosas, pero no hubo así como una persona que él podía sentir esa confianza de, de salir y platicar y sacar también esas, esas emociones que él estaba sintiendo. So. Y eso me causaba a mí más ansiedad. Mm-hmm. So I, I, would, I was thinking about it more like, oh my God, poor Adriano. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for him. And I wish somebody could just like take him out or sometimes I wanted to be like, you know, text the wife of some man and be like, can you tell your husband to text my husband to, <laughs> you know, like, I was like, no. Courtney. Yeah. Courtney. <laughs> I was like, that's so like, no, I'm just gonna... But yeah, I tried to be there with for him as much as I could. But I mean, that's a good advice for, for our friends to remember to keep the dad in mind. That's true. 
honestly, what I'm hearing from what everything you just shared right now is basically acknowledge the pain and the loss that the friend is going through. I mean, we know our friends a little bit more, um, especially if they're close friends and we know their personalities. Maybe, you know, this friend likes to be alone. So then find ways to acknowledge that pain, that loss, and still give them their space. Or if you know that this friend is very, um, you know, people-oriented and extrovert, then, you know, go out of your way to keep them company. But basically, you want it to feel, like, acknowledged. Like, your pain was noticed, and it happened. You know, you didn't want it to be ignored. So... So what, moving on, what advice would you give to a mom that is experiencing a miscarriage or has had experienced a miscarriage? And obviously it's something that um, you will never forget. Um, and you just have to, I guess, learn to live with the, with the pain. You know more about this than I do. But what advice would you tell a mama going through a miscarriage? Well, first off, if someone is listening and is going through a miscarriage right now or has recently gone through one or has ever gone through one, I'm so sorry for your loss. This is such a hard thing to experience. Um, Just know that you're not alone. You really are not. Be open. Seek support. Um, Honestly, having a miscarriage is a club no one wants to be in. But once you're in... You realize a lot of your friends are already members. And when you're open, you're going to be inundated with support from women that understand you. That's truly what happened to me. As soon as I put it out on Instagram, on Facebook, I started receiving messages from moms that were like, you know, I this helped out. This didn't help out. Avoid this. You know, do this. And, and I felt like... I was part of a community like I didn't want to be part of this community, but, you know, I I suddenly was. But it was very comforting to know that there were people out there, women out there that understood. So be open, seek advice. And if you feel like you need professional help, seek professional help. There's no shame in seeing a therapist. Mm -hmm. It's whatever you feel will help you. Um, I would also say to keep in mind that you will be changed forever, and that's okay. Um, Sometimes you change for the better. I think in my own person, I have become more empathetic. Mm -hmm. So even not just for like women that are going through miscarriage, but for anybody that's feeling some sort of pain Mm -hmm. um, or a loss, I understand it like I... I feel like I am empathize more. I listen better. And and at the end of like this whole experience, I've learned that I'm a very strong girl. Like I used to think I was brave when I was young and exploring Asia, like I said before. But no, now I know I'm brave yeah. after going through this experience. Um, I've learned my strengths. And... Um, And really, grieving and being sad doesn't equate hopelessness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just go easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. So in closing, how are you doing now? What has helped you to pull through this? The thing that helped me, two things helped me. I became a very anxious person. And so any pain that I felt, any little sign of of something being wrong in my body I immediately correlated it to a disease or or something going on in my body that was serious and so going to seek professional help going to a doctor and doing all sorts of tests the doctor sitting me down and explaining hey you're okay there's nothing wrong with your body you're totally fine um I think that just brought me peace in knowing that whoa, my brain is running the show here. Like anxiety and depression is controlling my actions, my body. And so I think once the doctor was able to tell me, you're fine, everything's okay, my body registered it. 
and I I'm working. I'm still anxious. I'm you know there are times when I'm still feeling low and a little depressed, but it's not as bad as it was in the beginning. Um, starting to to um, also I was recommended a book called uh, Switch on Your Brain. It was a gift from a friend, and that book just changed my life. It is so good. I recommend it. It's called Switch on Your Brain. Those are the two things that are helping me, just reading the book, reading um, just books that are encouraging to to take um, steps to better self-care. Self-care. Self-love. Self-improvement books. Exactly. And so... Just those are the two things. And also surrounding myself with people that are encouraging, that are um, just a support. A support, yes. I'll put the information of the book on the show notes. Switch on your brain. It sounds like a good book. Well, thank you, Eunice, for having this really brave conversation with me and for sharing it with our community of moms. I hope that it is helpful to the mom going through the miscarriage and also to the mom that has a friend that is going through a miscarriage and doesn't really know how to respond to that either. I think it's a conversation that we should all have and talk about more often um, and really take out the the taboo of the first three months, you know, until you're out of the woods. I think pregnancy is risky all the way up to nine months. And we should always be open and find the members of these secret clubs and encourage each other and lift each other up. So this is just one little way of doing it. Grieving doesn't mean hopeless, right? You still, you're still hopeful for the future. Exactly. And um and we have that to look forward to. So yes. thank you for sharing with us, Eunice. Of course. I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast and find out more about us on Instagram.